Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you're listening. I'm Emma Holtz, back with episode two of the All She Wrote podcast. And this episode is actually the first official episode where I can bring you the content that I've been brainstorming for the last couple of days. I actually wanted this to be with a guest, specifically with Matt Scalzo. He's a sports director here with me at Com Radio, Penn State student-run radio station. But when we actually recorded earlier this week, unfortunately, the audio did not save properly. So it's just me here, and I'm here to talk about Formula One. So Formula One is a motorsport. They race all around the world, and the cars that are actually used in these races are built completely from scratch season after season. So what I mean by that is these cars are feats of engineering and absolutely designed for aerodynamic maneuvers and things like that in order to make their car the fastest on the grid. There's actually 20 drivers in Formula One and there's two drivers assigned to each team and you'll probably recognize some of these teams when I start rattling them off. There's Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Williams and Aston Martin to name a few but these companies these these car manufacturers and powerhouses in the motor industry actually create these cars and have them race around the world for a good majority of the year specifically there's lots of drama going on with drivers and how it works in the driver pool it's very similar to what minor league does for baseball. So there's Formula 3, Formula 2, and then eventually Formula 1. It is very exclusive with just 20 drivers on the grid. And there's a lot of moving parts in terms of signing drivers, seeing who exactly works and fits with the cars that are manufactured. And there's small little nuances in each of these vehicles, which is absolutely fascinating to me when you kind of sit down and look at the data surrounding just the few milliseconds that can separate certain cars from winning races and being runner-up. So it's very, very fun to kind of look at that side of motorsports. And Formula One does have a race this weekend. So it's the Azerbaijan Grand Prix happening. And they're doing something a little bit different this year. So how Formula One works, it's basically a weekend event. So Formula One, they have their free practices that are going on in the days leading up to the weekend. Races are on Sundays and qualifying is on Saturday. So qualifying basically is what creates the starting grid for the race. So of course, the top driver who has the best time trial would be on pole for pole position and then it would trickle down from there. There's another type that they're actually experimenting with recently called the sprint. So the sprint is very similar to an actual race start, or actually it's exactly what a race start would typically be. So this format was basically introduced in order to spice up a little bit of how the drivers actually get to the starting grid positions. So specifically with the sprint, what would happen is there would be qualifying rounds on Friday in order to find the starting positions for the sprint, which would happen on a Saturday. And then whatever happens in the sprint will be the lineup for the actual race on Sunday. So this was something that was introduced really quickly. Um, It has a little bit of a tweaked format from the 2021 and 2022 seasons. So the sprint, essentially, when they do line up, it's a flat-out race to the finish. So from the start of the race to the end, I mean, the drivers are going 
flat out in the cars. They're pushing the car to its limits in order to be able to perform well in the sprint that will determine where you actually end up on race day on Sunday. I personally like the sprints. I know a lot of F1 fans don't really don't really rock with it. I think they would prefer the time trial method for reasons of the sprint. It could be dangerous because these drivers are going flat out the day before a race. And if one of the drivers sends the car into a guardrail and any of its power units are damaged, that's the car they have to work on not even probably 24 hours before the actual race. So it is a very risky format. So with the sprint race now, they've tweaked a couple things now as calling it a sprint shootout. So essentially, the practice session is gone, and it also makes way for a shorter qualifying session on Saturday, which is, of course, dubbed the sprint shootout. So it sets the grid for the sprint race itself. So they're starting to expand the way the sprint is approached just because of criticisms from past years of the dangers of having a sprint race before you actually go for it on race day. So there's a lot of different things that are going on too. And I won't get into this only because there's so much to talk about with regulations in Formula One. It is extremely structured because the FIA... The governing body of Formula One has a lot of restrictions to make sure that all these cars, even though they are independently manufactured, that they have the same qualifications that give a fair and balanced opportunity for all the teams to perform well. But those regulations aside, Formula One itself is extremely structured and organized and just has this unique ebb and flow to it. I mean, I've, I've been to a NASCAR race before. I was at a Watkins Glen race a couple years ago, and I had really loved it. I thought it was a different kind of dynamic, obviously, completely different car setup as well. But with Formula One, there's such passion behind the teams in these fan, ba- in, in these fan bases. It's fascinating to see. I mean, entire countries rally behind their Formula One teams at times. So it's, it's super It's super exciting to see this kind of dynamic unfold within motorsports. And personally, of course, I'd never gotten into motorsports before, but it's such a fun sport to watch in Formula One because there's such a thing as street races, Monaco being the most famous circuit. So essentially, a city shuts down its streets and they create a race circuit in those city streets that's incredibly It's incredibly competitive and difficult and something that gives a little bit of excitement to the race itself. You're not just watching the cars make only left turns in a stadium. It's a little bit different in that there is a lot more risk involved, which I think is what makes those races exciting at the end of the day. And there's actually a new race for this year happening in Las Vegas. It's going to be a street circuit. And specifically with the Las Vegas race, it's something that they're, they've been able to market extremely well. They have the means, of course, with Formula One being a money sport. I mean, there's a lot of money to be had. There's franchises that shell out millions of dollars, even though there's a cost cap actually involved with how much these teams can spend. It's still incredibly lucrative, both for Formula One as a league, as well as the teams themselves. And... Expanding its U.S. reach, I think, has become 
really important and very much a priority for Formula One to get more of an American audience. I know I had never known about Formula One until I actually had watched the Netflix documentary Drive to Survive, which basically goes behind the scenes, talks to you about all the different drivers, the dynamics on each team. It's very, very good. I would highly suggest you watch it if you love sports and kind of want to see something new and different. And I would highly suggest watching the documentary Drive to Survive before you actually watch a race because a lot of what makes Formula One exciting is the background that you know that's happening in the league. You know the climate that's happening within the organizations, within the teams. And I think it's incredibly important when you're looking at Formula One brand new and with fresh eyes. So I highly suggest you watch Drive to Survive. Specifically, if you want to start watching races now in this season, I would suggest watching the latest season because that's going to have the closest relevance to the current situation that's happening in Formula One. Of course, you could go back and watch the old episodes. Uh, I would suggest you do that maybe during the off season, only because... A lot of the drivers in the prior seasons are not on the same teams or they're not in Formula One anymore, so it can get kind of confusing. But I highly suggest you watch that. It is very well done and gives you a great background on Formula One and what actually makes it so exciting and what honestly makes these fan bases so 